0: Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Sam and Rox of the band The Hicks over Zoom video. Sam was born and raised in North London and grew up in a very musical household. His dad is the drummer of a 70s prog rock band from London that did very, very well. He talked about the first time he remembered seeing his dad play. I guess the band went on a hiatus around the time he was born. So his older siblings remembered seeing him play and tour, but he didn't. But then he, you know, he's going down the street in London and sees this massive sign with his dad's face on it. Uh, he has really, really cool stories about uh, watching his dad, who was a drummer, and then taught him how to play drums. So that was his first instrument. Rocks grew up in Southwest London. She says more Central London. But did not come from a musical household, but she did begin singing and writing songs around 11 years old. Both Sam and Rox attended the same school that was like from 11 to 18, middle school-ish years. It wasn't technically a arts music school, but they had a very, very successful arts, drama, and music program out of the school. And that's where Sam and Rox met. They talked about forming the Hicks, the success of the first song they ever released, Lines, having their second song in GTA 5, what that was like, putting out their first EP in 2013. They just released their second EP. Nine years later, they talk about the tragedy that kind of happened in in the midst of those, those past nine years, losing a band member, losing family members, eventually deciding to continue the band in 2017, and recently putting out their new EP, which is called Hermione. You can watch our interview with Rox and Sam on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with The Hicks. Amazing. Uh, Again, thank you for doing this. I'm Adam, and this is about you, you and your journey in music. And we'll talk uh, about the new EP as well.
2: Awesome, man. Thank you.
0: Of course. Uh, So I guess we always start with born and raised. um, And then I want to find out where the two of you met. So Sam, where were you born and raised? I was born
2: in North London in uh, Camden and raised in London.
1: I was born in southwest London in Pimlico and yeah
2: okay
0: right on well okay Sam tell me about where I mean tell me about growing up in north London what was it like
2: oh, I was beautiful um you, you know it's it's like it's really green up there. there's lots of lots of big parks um it's great culture great friends um Arsenal Football clubs. my one you know it's my passion Okay, um, down the road, Camden Market as well. Like it was such a vibrant area to go up in, and music and art and everything. It's wicked. It's
0: bi- music and art is big there. Like how far away from the city are you? Oh, like
2: probably like 20 minutes down if oh. the traffic's good. Oh, okay, so not far <laughs> at all. That's awesome. Not at all. No, it's like zone two. So you know.
0: Yeah. Back. Okay.
2: And what about music? How did you get into music? Um, my dad's a drummer and oh awesome. And uh he, Growing up at a young age, he kind of got me into drums and percussion and, um, yeah, just always exposed me to, to music and said to my mom, actually. She, so me, create a family, create a background. Okay. And was, uh, do you do it professionally or that was just a hobby of his? Yeah, no, he um he's a drummer in a band called Vandegraaff Generator. They're like an old prog band from the 70s. And I oh, think they have yeah, they, they, just been touring before us actually. So they beat us to it pandemic touring. Like go with them. They're like seventy five, you know. So
0: that's amazing. So you grew up like literally around music your whole life. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it was always around, always and did you go on tour with them at all or do you remember seeing them
2: all the time or like live or anything uh, like that yeah like so they they'd split up when i was born but my older siblings had had that experience but i never really knew about it as a kid so um i remember he was like "Yeah, we're having a reunion in about 2005 i just thought they were like gonna be a band in a pub somewhere and they were playing like the royal festival hall in, on the south bank and i there was like his face on a banner and i was like people with his like merch on with his face. i was like what what's going on like oh you know what wow. mean? where's so the you... where's the porsche dad oh my gosh i had no idea honestly man
0: it was weird so but, you didn't even like care to like look into the records out or google the band or anything well
2: like there was a few images from you know like long hair bearded face he's just a you know like a bald and i that loves to swim like he you know he doesn't wear the leather jackets and have the crazy beard anymore (laughs) Um, yeah I had no idea honestly man
0: Uh, wow
2: so you you started off on drums then yeah drum drums and drums and percussion is my background and um that's yeah that's my primary instrument actually
0: okay and then when did you uh like because in in the band you play keys right
2: yeah so the Hicks is named after the wood hickory for drumsticks, originally made by me and my mate Jacob. We were two drummers. So that oh. was kind of like the fun element to it because we used to like combine two beat ideas, or two drummers perspective to, to a track. Um, but yeah, in the Hicks, I sing a accompany Roxanne, and I play keys or guitar, whatever.
0: Um, oh, okay, cool. So when did you start learning those instruments? Is that something you just picked up along the way?
2: Yeah, like I think me and Roxanne... We'll get into this later, but me and Roxanne went to the same school. It was like Pimlico. They had a music course, and it was a requirement that you had to pick up um, like three instruments. So everyone had to learn keys to to a good level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were taught how to sing to to in the choir, and then you could pick like a solo instrument, like either wind, brass, woodwind, like strings. Um, and I think I did a bit of bass. I think. I had a guitar, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Did it
0: was at that a college yeah. or elementary? Like, like, what year were you going to that school? Like, what? what?
1: I'm not. That's ages eleven to eighteen.
2: Yeah, I think oh, I, I think wow. Like okay. High school, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like high school. That's incredible. Okay, so uh, you obviously met there in school. Then, so Roxanne, where were you? you were born and raised in South, Lon- uh, South London. Is that we said?
1: Well, really, it's like Central London because it's so north of the river, but it's considered southwest although people that are actually from south would find that offensive because it's basically not not like, south cool at all it's just uh. not cool like it's not really it's very quiet it doesn't really have much of an identity but it's where we went to school so i grew up like right around the corner
0: from there. oh interesting was this a school that you both had to like uh, apply to get in was it, like an art school
1: no but oh no, it was no it wasn't it was just it w- there was, was a speciality it was half-half. It, there was a speciality in music that you had to audition for that Sam uh, auditioned for to get in
0: yeah. okay you didn't have to audition is that what you said? no I didn't
1: have to audition
2: no Roxanne was in the catchment area so she this was like the regular no school. no
1: I'm saying I didn't have to audition for the special oh show. yeah no she was so in.
2: good that they were like yeah come through right. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to like, I had to like turn up with a backing track and audition. No, it was actually
1: because I was petrified to audition, and my mum was like, "They've already said that they'd do it. Like, they'd say yes. Just audition because you have to." And I was like, "No, they might say no." And so yeah, they were just like, oh, "For fuck's sake, just okay, let her in. like just let her do it." So all right, well, I was only eleven, so like I wasn't like eighteen being pathetic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. What did you? What did you play? Like, what was the first instrument you learned?
1: Um, piano. And then okay. moved on to guitar and then kind of just stayed on guitar.
0: Is that what you were, you know, put into the program for, was guitar?
1: No, it was singing, but oh. I did outside lessons on instruments as well. Oh.
0: Okay, so they just knew that you're a great singer,
1: the school yeah. did? Okay. Just writing and singing, basically. I wouldn't say I'm great. I just, well, like, how did they? Do I'm like obviously great enough I, to be there. Really I'll, I'll give like... an
2: example, yeah. So okay. I was a few I was a few years younger, right? and. Mm-hmm. So we'd have this Christmas concert in the local church on the corner every year. Like family friends would come down, and um, every like each department in the music, of course, would perform a piece. Like the percussion department would do something, like the jazz band would do something, and then Roxanne would have her own slot to like perform a few of her songs and everyone was like, oh, Roxanne's going to sing a song. And like, I don't think you clocked it at the time, but yeah. from our perspective, everyone was yeah. like, oh, this person's wavy at vocals. So like by the time that me and Jacob um, Welsh, who's producer and drummer that like, we started the picks with, when we were like, yeah, let's get Roxanne. Like when she was like, yes, we were like, yes, but like we got the Premier League vocalists to come on board. You know what I mean? She was, she was legendary, I think. so. Wow. So you... <laughs>
1: I was 16 don't know. Like, no. But
0: you were writing your own songs obviously and performing them. Yeah. When did you yeah. start doing that?
1: Um I started writing when I was 11. Mhm. And just kind of would perform at school all the time. Yeah.
0: Did you come from a musical household as well?
1: No, not really, no. Um I grew up being like a dancer so i danced ballet from the age of like 2 to 14 and was around music all the time so i think that being in studios like dance studios my mom's a salsi teacher like i had mm-hmm. loads of different genres around me from a very young age and so i kind of picked up a lot there mm-hmm. but i never really thought of myself as a musician i always wanted to be like a actor or a dancer
0: interesting um but what what drew you to writing songs
1: I think it's just a way of journaling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was kind of just a different way of expressing myself. So yeah.
0: Well, as it, a, you, it started you, like that. Well, uh, you said that you were like kind of a shy kid when you didn't want to audition. You thought you weren't going to get in. Was it must have been difficult then to show your songs to people? And then obviously you were playing them in these uh, yeah like Christmas park recital things.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the first three years of writing music i never showed it but once i got to 16 like christmas concerts like sam said i would be up there singing what i think now is quite explicit concert like content for like yeah, young yeah, people to be yeah, listening yeah, to yeah, yeah.
2: okay but yeah like, like, the parents are like oh my god
0: <laughs> oh wow and especially at a christmas concert they just let it roll yeah yeah they were
1: yeah, fine yeah, they, they were like
0: cool. whatever they do thing." oh <laughs> man that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: it wasn't like you're going out there singing jingle bells or like no, something like that. It was like no, deep songs. No. Yeah. Oh, man. Do Always you have
1: been deep songs?
0: Have you, do you have any recordings of those or any?
1: I think you might be able to find
2: someone. It's on YouTube. YouTube. Go search yeah,
0: it. So. <laughs> oh, man. Not because I just want to hear yeah. the song lyrics. <laughs> that's so funny okay well then obviously you guys have known each other for a while uh sam you said you're two years younger than than roxanne and so when did your guys musical like relationship start like did you start playing with each other pretty quickly or
2: um i think like me and roxanne always knew each other through the music course Uh, Mm and the music course at our school um was like combined everyone across all years like Mm -hmm. so it wasn't separated by years so if you were in a certain department, you had to play that part with someone that was might be five or six years older than you. Got um, it. You just had to catch up, basically. And so, off we would go on these like socials, and we'd go on these like little tours around the, in Europe. Like we went to Prague for one of them, and that was hilarious. <laughs> um, like, tell me we, about that. Why was it funny? Ro- Ro- Roxanne and her age group were considered to be. Would old. You, you were like the <laughs> oldest. They were like yeah. given the what do you call them men? prefects. Prefects, that's it. The snitches. Ah, <laughs> oh, so, okay. So in Prague, yeah. the drinking age is really young. So we were like forty. I was like fourteen at that time, and and you know our mission was to go out and find some bits could take back to the hotel room, mm-hmm. and so. My my friendship group, we found some drinks and, you know, used like a, an Oyster car, like a bus pass thing to convince the shopkeeper that it was ID. So we got like tons of beers and stuff. Took it back to the hotel. Then the prefect year, Roxanne and her lot came knocking on the door and were, and they were like, oh, you can't be like, they're having too much fun, basically. Right. They went and told the teachers, jacked all our booze and then boozed up on it a whole night <laughs> downstairs in the lobby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> It was amazing. We get and we perform in some. We played in like all the cathedrals and sang there, and it was such a mad experience. Because that's cool. Just to give you a bit of context, this school that we went to, it was like is is it's a a compre- It was a comprehensive school, so it mm-hmm. wasn't private. You didn't pay any tuition fees. It was open to anyone. Like mo- the majority of the school was for like some of the roughest kids across north and south, west and east London, and yet they had this. Small department for music and drama, um, where it was like a government funded program where they had some of the best tuition ship coming through. And like some of the people that have come out of that department I mean, Roots Maneuver was one of the original ones to come out. Um, you've had LaRue when oh, uh. Jackson she came out of Pimlico, um, Nullafa Yanya Thomas Sangster. Thomas Sangster, who's in Game of Thrones. I think he's the kid that turns into the Raven. Okay, um, sure who else was there yeah mad like mad mad people um so like there was always there was always just such a it's like you would go and learn some like classical music and then you go out for a punch up do (laughs) i mean try not to get stabbed or something (laughs) it was was, 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 you know it's the essence of life basically sure wow well that's
0: that's i mean that's a interesting school it sounds like i mean to have that diverse of a of a class um, yeah, wow life
2: changing, life changing. man.
0: Sure. So then, from from there, when did you guys start playing together as like a a band, or when did you? Was the Hicks the first band you had, or or no?
2: Um, I I've been me and Roxanne had worked in like different areas of the industry, set as session workers. Like Roxanne had done backing vocals, I'd done session drumming, and then I wanted to start writing music and performing it. Like, I kind of, I'd been a drummer and I wanted to try composing. Um, so me and Jacob Welsh asked Roxanne to jump on and, I'll, and was like, "Look, Sam's interested in singing and expanding his songwriting ideas." And Roxanne was like, "Yeah, I'll come through." And I think Do you want to say your bit about like electronic music at the time. And-
1: oh yeah, well, I was in a band at the time and I kind of wanted to move on to like a more synthetic sound. Like more electronic drums mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and the reaction I got from that wasn't a positive one. And then basically, like three weeks later, Jacob called me asking me if I wanted to join the Hicks, and I was just like, absolutely, because me and Jacob had very similar taste in music. And at the time, we'd been listening to like a lot of Flying Lotus and, mm-hmm. like, yeah.
2: It was an exciting. It was an exciting time in in. um in london for sure like yeah with electronic music right so so rocks came around i had like a little demo that i'd written on the guitar and i remember being in jacob's living room and i was like i'd never really sung before um and i'd written like an eight bar phrase and and immediately harmonized on it and jacob was like oh like he's like you sound out of tune as hell sam <laughs> but rock sounds fire but the way in which you guys sit with each other weirdly works really well and like and we, me and Roxwell kind of had that kind of light bulb moment too we were like actually it sounds quite interesting so um that was it from there mm-hmm. we, we you know we we brought the other members in and um we did we wrote lines together which was our first song mm-hmm. um and then from there it was a, it was very quick into into the atmosphere to and it suddenly like you know, existing as some kind of official band or something, because that originally Lions was a 30-day free download on SoundCloud, and then it just had a bit of a moment on SoundCloud and blew up a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. So that's how it all really started, with just the first song you guys had ever put out. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you did a what, like a free download on on SoundCloud, and then how do people find it? I mean, SoundCloud's obviously a massive website.
2: Yeah, I think the, I think there was a link with Giles Peterson at Radio 6 mm-hmm. and he played it a few times and it was obviously like six and a half minutes or something long it's not radio friendly at all <laughs> sure. but he played like the whole thing and wow like, and I remember it being like we got there in the end
1: yeah
2: <laughs> and um he included that on Browns with Bubblers 9 which was a compilation album that he that he put out, and I think at the time, highest coat he just dropped Nakamura, and there was a few other tracks on there like from a from artists now that are massive. Like that, you know, at the time we're just bumbling around in that universe, and I think that was a key moment for us because his reach into into that audience internationally is, and his ear is so respected. So mm-hmm. it was because of Giles as well that our music was put on Grand Theft Auto Five oh really yeah yeah that's funny my son knows you guys just
0: through that because of that game wow. I mean, yeah. and he's he's 14 so he's like i mean that game came out what like 2013 or something 2012 yeah. or 2013 yeah. i mean i remember when it came out he wasn't even i mean he was such an infant at this point mm-hmm. in time and then like now he him and his friends are like in high school or about to be in high school so they play it because that's the that game is still so relevant to this day it's insane yeah. And then to do you see him, it, I play it with him, but I don't really I, like. I'll just grab the controller and play it, like if he's yeah. like playing. But I don't. I know like game it hard, like he does. Like he goes online and plays with his friends, and they do the heists and all that. Um, yeah, but it's, it's just, mad. Yeah, it's crazy. The fact that they've they update it right, so the graphics look awesome, and just the world is so huge in that game. It blows my mind.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's not I mean, like. I grew up playing, you know, the original ones, the ones yeah, that same were here. Like, uh, bird's That's eye same. view, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Vice City, uh, GTA was always like, you know, yeah, the game. San like, Andreas they, was they, mine. You, San, oh man, oh
0: when, yeah, my like when Vice City came out, I'm like, oh, like this was it was like a game changer, and because the, then it was more like you know 3D ish, but San Andreas was sick, and and from there, I mean, to see the fact that that game is still. One of the most popular games on the planet, and it yeah. came out, you know, nearly ten years ago.
2: Yeah, it's nuts. It's, <laughs> it's so nuts. It's it's um like Roxanne's younger cousin Ben was. He recently got it, and he's like, "Yo, like like your son." He was like, "Come online, man. Let's play, let's do some heists together." Like during the lockdown, and yeah, you know, it was it was so jokes. He's like show me this mad car that he's made, and and uh, he's like, "Let's try and find your song on the radio." Oh, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, that's yeah, it's so
0: cool like that must have been I mean with the, the hype of that game and the success of that game was that is that still has to be something that just so crazy for you guys to think about like your that your song is like literally in that game
1: yeah definitely especially for me that only ever really played that game Like oh, okay so that, that was
0: really the only video game you ever got into
1: yeah so it's really special for me to have the only game that I've liked on sorry not the yeah my song on the only game i've like there we go i got it yeah
0: what was that (laughs) moment like getting told that you're on grand devada or they were they're interested in putting your song in that
1: i think we all probably just like screamed and stuff
2: (laughs) and was like that's
1: sick like yeah
2: it it Um, i remember like originally i think it got like posed to us that it was going to be um part of a playlist that Giles was putting together. And I think he thought that too, because I think Flying Lotus was in charge of put, like putting together a lot of the music for that game.
0: Really? And, I didn't know and, that.
2: And, and Giles, obviously with Worldwide FM um he's got tons of artists as well on Brownswood himself and I don't even think that he realized the impact that that, no, that playlist
1: because he said like if I'd known I would have put my own artist yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <if laughs> like, know, no, we're
2: like we're like Charles mate he did us a solid because that sure that was yeah. a mad moment um that's so I'm, funny he didn't realize it. I mean I guess
0: it's I mean the fact that that game is still so huge there's no there's no like real I guess it. The comparison doesn't even matter, but like now, if an artist got on like on Fortnite or one of those games, it's like that's kind of the, like a similar situation where it's yeah. like, oh my gosh! And like my songs on like the Fortnite radio station or whatever in the car, but like GTA is not only is it a cooler flex, but like the fact that that was so long ago and it it's still like relevant to this day is crazy.
2: I think the interesting thing as well about GTA is that you. You can actually spend quite a long time listening to music in that game. Like I've I've played that game like lean up just driving around for hours, just not Uh concentrating, and it's more just of like a chill experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas like there's not many other games where you get to listen to music for start to finish. You know, like if you're in FIFA, it's in the title menu. Right. If you're in Fortnite, it's for ten seconds before you get like RPG'd or something like right, right, or jump out of the thing or yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. it's like people actually had a moment to absorb your tune like yeah. in that. And that radio station that even now listening back to it, there's some fantastic stuff on it.
1: And mm-hmm. people still like say it in comments on like YouTube videos saying stuff like, Oh, I'm driving down, like what was it PCH? Yeah on yeah, GTA. Yeah.
2: Oh, on GTA, sure. Listening
1: to cold air, there's a sunset, stuff like that. <laughs> like, it's but it's epic. like
2: someone's made like a music video on YouTube yeah. of like their character from the cinematic mode in the game like to the song as well oh that's cool that is really cool the meme culture around it was hilarious
0: (laughs) (laughs) well once that kind of happens is that when people i mean that was your second single right that made it onto cold air was the second record it wasn't lines that's on on the game so like so lines does really well and then what you put out your next song to kind of follow that up and then it also does really well like uh they pick it up for 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 radio six and everything as well like, how does it go from lines to the next song?
2: I think we had lines out with Giles. Giles really liked it and he really liked what we were doing. Um, and I think we said to Radio 6 and we said to Giles, we like, would love to give you like first play on air, you know, what I mean? oh, okay. as a way to honor kind of his contribution to the first re- release that we had. Mm-hmm. So we went and sat down with him. We did an interview with him and, and he spanked all air again. And I think it was just like a fluke, really um like it was mad yeah yeah
0: wow and then you guys put out your first ep in the same year 2013 yeah okay yeah, yeah. T- tell me about tangle and i real quick on that too i mean having the hype of those two songs did you get signed to a like were, were managers and labels and people coming to you at this point before, prior to releasing the ep
1: yeah yeah loads loads of managers loads of a lots of labels and we went with atc which Mm -hmm. i think used to manage um radiohead wow and a few others i can't really remember
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, that must have been a wild time too though to to not only have your songs two songs doing so well but now you have all these industry folk coming out and being like hey like what do you you know
2: what do you guys got going on
1: yeah it was very overwhelming and not expected at all but
2: it was a lot of pints (laughs) (laughs) yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was, a, it was a lot of like it's like speed dating
1: yeah it is, it is. You know i mean
2: like you're not sure if you're interviewing them or they're interviewing you and it's like you know right yeah like
0: um, am i answering these questions in hopes that they offer me a deal or are they asking questions in hopes that we accept the deal that they already have kind of on the table
2: yeah it's, exactly and interesting in the end we we, we were co-managed by um these guys called Justin Johnny that did our first EP run with us, and they were they were really cool actually. Like they I think they they knew the pocket that we could exist in. Mm-hmm. I think there were things there were areas that we disagreed on in terms of direction and sound. Um but they helped keep that mysticism around us at the time, I think, which helped our gain momentum in a way that maybe yeah. we didn't know. Because then, mm-hmm. I say that a lot now in, when, in interviews, like, we were able to just exist as a logo for, like, four years. And, you know what I mean? And a lot of people like that, we weren't necessarily interested in being, like, the face of anything. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, sure. And were um, you not
2: doing, like, live shows? Was it all just kind of recorded? No, we were. Oh, you but, were. But, like, sometimes I remember people would turn up and be like, oh, you know, I didn't didn't even know what you guys look like or. Got it. Okay. You know,
1: um, no press photos
2: no yeah it would just all be like some
0: there's like mystery behind you guys
2: yeah, yeah yeah i don't think that helped
0: wow okay so then you put your first ep out and you were but you were touring and playing live and and doing that like you know you were participating in that as well and as far as like the band went
2: yeah i think we we did we had one headline show No, we had one support show in East London. I feel really bad for that headline band because, like, we everybody left. Yeah, like it was (laughs) like it's one of them school of rock moments. Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) But it was was a great gig. What I think they were called Plant Plants from from what I remember. How
1: do you remember? Because it was
2: if you look on YouTube, I think it's It's on the back. I don't remember much, but I remember stuff like that. They're, ba- they're banners behind you because they're going
0: to come yeah, up yeah, next. Yeah, was like, <laughs> half
2: blunt, something else to hear. <laughs> um, oh, man. And we were yeah. a nightmare because we had, like, no sound engineer and we had, like, five laptops.
1: Yeah. And um, so, desk.
2: Yeah, yeah, you had your own <laughs> I table. I had a desk with
1: a computer
2: on it. And, and we, ran, we, <laughs> we, used awesome. to, we used to run your mic. You had two mics each. And we used okay. to run one of them for a guitar pedal. Mm. and And we didn't we didn't bring our own engineer at all. Like, you know, we all still had regular jobs. Mm-hmm. So we would turn up to these little venues and it would be like some pissed off dude. And be like, yo man, we were, there's like six of us. We've all got a laptop. Like what, how, where do you want to start? And you'd be like, mate, I've only got four channels and we've got 20 minutes. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it was chaos, man. It was chaos, man. Oh, but well, now, now, everyone's got their own little Ableton setup and it looks so clean and well yeah. presented. Like, if you look at our first, it's on YouTube, I think it's like headline or something, Gold Dust, I think mm-hmm. it's the name of the night. It just looks chaos. Pops, <laughs> but I mean, nine girl. years ago, mm-hmm. like people,
0: like, la- like having a laptop and showing up to a venue wasn't like all, I'm sure, what obviously it wasn't as what is now, but even then, I'm sure it wasn't a whole like people weren't doing a lot of that
2: no no i yeah. think it was a weird um it, i hate the aesthetic of a laptop on stage personally mm-hmm. like i think it's something that i've we've always battled with like where do you put it do you decorate it do you put like a sticker on it that says like the Hicks, or like because throughout like you know i think people audiences get it now more like what someone's actually doing but but mm-hmm. for, for that time like you just open the laptop you could just be spinning a backing track and pretending to twist shit do you know what i mean but
0: right right and, and if- i think that people would always assume that when the, when the laptop thing first started it was like oh you probably just push and play and stand in there and it's like well no there's like a million things happening at yeah, you know right. at that moment so <laughs> that's uh that's funny that you had a desk. Like that that's the way to do it though, right? Like show up like you're at like work, you just have some desk. Yeah. Your mic is like one of
2: those You know those trolleys that you see like grannies carrying their groceries in? Oh yeah. Um, I would have I still have one of those. So my mom would <laughs> lend me her one and I'd put like a keyboard. <laughs> like, two key I had a two-tiered stand
1: in a bin bag, a
2: bin bag so yeah. it didn't get rained on and we jump um, on the train like, so it was beautiful funny. man
0: <laughs> well it's been a handful of years years obviously since that that first ep came out now we're like nine years in later and you have an your second ep like tell me about this it, w- did the band was the band always still together within these nine years like what did you guys have going on
1: You're into it, yeah, because you word it better than me. Well, I'm too blunt,
2: it's weird. Like, so we started, (laughs) we started me, Jacob, Roxanne, Uh then we had Jordan, then we had Matt, then we had David. Um, we sadly lost David in 2014, and after that, personally in the group, we lost family members as well to illness. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, all, all through such a quick time frame as well it was all space of about a year yeah, yeah. and it I think it we were all so young at the time and I think it um was such a traumatic experience for us all yeah. that we mm-hmm. were all paralyzed by it in a way and 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 didn't know how to process what you know losing a and then losing family members and uh, it was it was probably the toughest toughest period of my life to be honest
0: i can't even imagine yeah. especially somebody that you you know a band member like probably like a brother to you all
2: yeah 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 and i think it's beautiful that you can david's sax solo that you hear at the end of lines still mm-hmm. lives on today and everyone can still be a part of that and and his family can still have connection to that and see that that's the biggest stream song that we have on on spotify and mm-hmm. know, and it's, that's a beautiful moment for them yeah um and I think during that period, it was unclear where, what we were going to do or like where we were going to, like what, how we were going to function or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just did it. We didn't function in all honesty. Um, and.
1: No, yeah, I don't think any of us really uh, processed the grief. Like right. We were so young that we, and there were like four people. So it's very difficult to even acknowledge how you feel when you're that young especially when you don't really know how to communicate your grief to people yet if you Mm -hmm. haven't experienced loss before so we're all kind of existing in this bubble and not really being honest about the fact that we weren't doing so well (laughs) so Mm. it kind of broke apart I think because of that because we didn't have the words to like communicate properly Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, that has to be, and not only do you lose your band member, but you're saying you lost lost family members in the same time period. It's like, yeah, exactly. it sounds like yeah. a lot, a lot to process. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone, yeah. Deals with grief and, and, and loss differently. And in a band dynamic, that would be very, very hard to, yeah. to, to handle. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm very sorry about that.
2: No, I mean, you know, I think nice. it's part of, it's part of explaining to to people like where the hell have you been kind of thing and it's like there's a genuine reason for it. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's yeah. like um and that, then
1: I think Matt left yeah. after David died. The bassist left because he wanted to do a PhD. So he left to do that.
2: Smart smart man. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, up, yeah, I mean, I guess up. it would be if you're, you know, you lose a member and you, maybe you just it's too traumatic to even kind of think about playing these songs or it's the way people pro- obviously people process stuff differently, but maybe that yeah. there's could be a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. in there, but uh, that, yeah. that, yeah, I could see how that would happen with Absolutely. members leaving or yeah. yeah.
2: So obviously, you know, we, we still exist as the Hicks and mm-hmm. we still work closely alongside Jacob Welsh, who's, who's a producer now for a bunch of artists. And Jordan has a, has his solo career as Geo. and, um, you should definitely go and check him out, and I think Matt. I haven't spoken to Matt in a minute, to be honest. Don't know mm-hmm. where it, Matt. Where are you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like we're we're all we're all you know we're all still doing bits and pieces and and getting getting on with life. You know mm-hmm. I mean?
0: Yeah. When yet. did you decide to to you know start writing again? Uh, at least the two of you. Twenty seventeen.
1: I think we had that year where we went on tour in America with Bars, mm-hmm. who is was a part of Dreamville. And after kind of getting, you know, going to a different country that neither of us have been to before and like traveling around the whole of the States, having these experiences that we've never had before, it kind of injected a new lease of life into us, I think, in terms of being able to write as well about different experiences. And mm-hmm. that is when we came home in 2017. Yeah, we just started writing from there. Really.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it felt the time. It felt right about like the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a body of music, and we'd been on and off working with bars in the states, going back and forth. And I think like being over there injected a new lease of life into. Into what could, what could be for us, you know, as writers and as producers, um, and I think me and Roxanne were unsure whether to like, you know, continue as the Hicks or whether to just be background writers or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think we felt as though we listened, we spoke to a lot of people, and you know, we had we felt as that there was good memories in what we started, and it's a shame that I couldn't continue, do you know what I mean? And we, like mm-hmm. our, our fan base, like they were on our case, man. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love them and thank yeah. them for it. They they were like, where are you? Like this ain't good enough. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. if some of the comments now are hilarious. They'll be like, love this EP guys only gonna be another eight years till the next one it's kind of <laughs> like, sure. like but like I love and you know what I mean like they're they're I, so supportive.
1: Yeah. I think it's good that like really I feel anyway that, like, in essence, the Hicks is still the Hicks because Sam and Jacob started it and they are still very much like a part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I could leave, do you know what I mean? As long as they're still doing it, but it's always going to be the Hicks because of them.
0: If that yeah, makes I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, with like I'll with just this... get the pitch shifter on, isn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well. With with this new EP, were these songs that you had started in 2017, or did some of those come out? Are you know were all these newer recordings? Um, 2017,
1: 2018.
2: The only one that's old as hell is "Tell Me." Yeah. Tell me, tell me was a demo that I would written in 2014. Oh wow! And 2015. Yeah, 2015. 2015 sorry. sorry. <laughs> and um it originally sounded super different like it had like live drums on it it sounded like an almost like like war paint live hi-hat energy okay um, like live drum sound and then we rediscovered it with jacob and we're like let's strip those drums back Mm. and me and jacob and rocks just spent a day or two tweaking it and and replacing all the drums with like little cork Volker beat stuff and had a load of fun with it and reopened it and finish that record um, that's for Tell Me I think Caught in the Lie Caught in the Lie was a a loop that I'd written that stayed on our desktop for years that would, rocks would open it I would open it occasionally and we'd listen to like 16 seconds or whatever and then be like that would sound good one day for an idea Mm -hmm. never did anything with it I could never write anything to it and then you wrote the first line
1: caught on the line
2: fire and then (laughs) that was it it.
1: yeah Yeah, I think that the past like from 2017 to the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. was really us kind of figuring out how we work as a two Mm -hmm. and like the way that we write and kind of working around each other because we hadn't really written just us two before and so it was a lot of like a lot of long nights and a lot of like (laughs) i don't like that word let's try and find a different word for like an hour (laughs) yeah um, we're very we write very differently so it's like a lot of like balance had to be created and it took two years to do it
0: (laughs) well then a pandemic (laughs) hits right i mean so it's 2019 and then how does did you have majority of the songs finished by 2019 and then the pandemic just wrecked everything all
1: of the songs were finished they were mastered mixed and yeah then the pandemic hit
2: i had more hair (laughs) in the ep cover you check the ep cover we got yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah i have it here um
2: yeah 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 check, to... check check the current press photo and then oh check yeah you do yeah you have... years younger that's me? what you call life we're three
1: years younger than we are now in that picture <laughs> Yeah,
0: and you had sunglasses on totally yeah it does yeah, it looks man. totally different that's so where, funny where i'm gonna
1: need some <laughs> botox um i don't know
2: same man <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what, during the pandemic then, or during the last couple of years, was it just uh, holding on to the record and waiting in hopes that the world opened up at some point? Like what was the game plan then?
1: We used that time to make music videos. Okay. So we made most of our content during the pandemic, like music videos, lyric videos, working with artists who were stuck indoors as well and wanted to create during that time we designed all of our merch during that time with a graphic designer called Joe Dow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was actually really, it was really cool because we were still working like creatively with people from all different parts of the world.
0: Yeah. Still kind of building the, 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 yeah, the project in a sense, but the music is done. So it's like that part's done. Let's just do the creative, you know, visuals. Exactly. Very yeah, think,
2: cool, and I think we were we were trying to find a home for it at the mm-hmm. time. Like we're managed by the Fiends, and they got some great relationships with with people in the US, and we were lucky enough to have them find a partner with, as a distribution partner with mm-hmm. Empire. So I think like we were totally down to release it independently, and it is released independently. We have a licensing um, agreement; it's not a record deal, but it's. It was super like what's the word? It felt like a miracle moment to land that release kind of situation with Empire mm-hmm. because it was at a time where everything was so uncertain yeah. and you know the cost of doing anything like is just ridiculous. Um so just having that little bit of support and, and background, like with professionalism with all of them guys being like, This is how you can do it. You can drop these Projects with these guys, and we'll put you in contact with these guys, and you know, during a time of uncertainty, it really helped be the momentum behind this release.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't think we would; it would have been as successful without that at all. It would have been like a SoundCloud thing or a YouTube thing, and like, hey, we're back. But you know, apart from that, it wouldn't have had that. we Wouldn't have had the videos. It wouldn't have had that we did like on a mini DV camera. Oh wow. Yeah, in, in my living room. Like How you,
0: a mini DV camera. Man, I had one of those for skateboarding. What did you have to do? Like watch it in real time to put it into the computer and everything? Yeah, man. Oh man, you had a I remember that. <laughs> that's cool that you're able to find like tapes for those like anymore. And I mean what's that's so crazy. Are yeah. mini D V still like really? I mean, I just haven't I guess digital is the way now. I haven't really looked too much into it.
1: I don't think they are, but I do see, like, young people on TikTok kind of calling them, what do they call it, like, retro, which is so offensive because it was only 15 years ago. Right. Retro is, (laughs) like, the camera
0: or even, like, if you're talking retro video cameras, how about the one that was, like, you held it and it recorded directly onto the VHS tape? Exactly. like that yeah. to me is is when you're Precisely. in the retro
1: i know but
0: not I a mini know. dv camera that like <laughs> the you know sony what was it called the x2000 or something like that it was like five that's grand our, when I it came right.
2: out
1: <laughs> uh,
0: oh that's what you
2: have no 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 i said that sounds right but which one
1: do we, we
2: have we have a uh we had we started with a jvc one and my uncle found in the charity shop oh, yeah. and it looked sick but it would just break all the time uh-huh so it, so we, um we found one on ebay panasonic um, oh like, is had, it the like, big one with the handle no yeah. it's slightly oh. small it's like think like blair witch but like older. oh guys. sure okay you know what i mean yeah
0: the vx 2000 is one i'm thinking of let me see if i just because i'm googling right Look, now so the, mini, so the
2: mini dv tapes are like smaller than the palm of my hand i think you're thinking of like the vhs ones that the skaters used to use right that they would hold like that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. those were the little tapes the little little tapes there was high eight and then there was like the little one isn't that mini dv yeah they're like yeah they're like like a little tape um yeah like when the sony vx 2000 came out like it had the thing and it has the microphone on the like on the handle you remember that why did not we get one of those uh i just well like i'm telling you when they first came out when like in i don't know 99 or whatever it was they were like five grand or like between 2500 and like five grand That's and i awesome. just ju- i'm just curious yeah. i just looked it up right now you can buy one right now on ebay for 180 bucks
1: yeah I <laughs> like, you should it, man.
2: dude next they're like the new super eight do you know what i mean yeah right? I know. so we found this like great relationship with the super sorry with the mini dv where once you stuck it on a tripod and you found like a frame that you liked uh-huh. And and you accepted the square crop format. Mm. It became it became wavy, like it, it yeah. looked like film in a way. Um, wow! Obviously-
1: we, we had to temper all of our ideas because, like, obviously, you kind of your mind jumps to like, okay, I'm not doing it digitally, but like technically, it's film. So you keep thinking of all these like. 35 millimeter scenarios in your mind you're like oh that would look so good and you do it on a mini dv and it just looks like shit it's <laughs> like someone's birthday being yeah yeah terrible
2: like lighting so it's yeah, so, so many it obstacles quite didn't. a
1: long time to like just get simple yet effective ideas that's and for them to look good
2: like the court in the line music video yeah it's so funny right so my housemate spike he's a videographer and he like he was like, we and him and Roxanne were going through tons of ideas like all the time. What can we do? What can we do? And so we did three videos together. We did Court in the Lie. We did uh, Tell Me and we did because. Reprise. So for the Caught in a Lie one, if you get a chance to see that one, that's in mm-hmm. my living room. And we saw in a one take because we wanted to make it as one take as possible. So Spikes on lighting and with a light bar in his hand and I'm on the blinds in the corner of the room mm-hmm. doing this. You can see the blinds like in the choruses going like that. (laughs) And like Spike's got this wicked old TV, Sony TV. So he's like, it'd be great if we could put Sam on the TV, like playing keys. So I was on the TV at the same, like in the same take. And then Roxanne hits it and then like gets taken into that TV world. Um, That's awesome. And then, and then the car, the one that we did for a prize, yeah, we got like these. Cheap sticker, uh, sucker things for the camera marks.
1: Yeah, it was like the middle of COVID, so we didn't really want to like be spitting everywhere. So I had to go Uh to Boots, and like I was in Boots, which is like a pharmacy, and I wanted to get fake eyelashes, lipstick, and lube, like to stick it onto the windows. (laughs) And the woman when I went to pay looked at me like, "What uh, are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing?" I know know times
2: are tough right now. Oh my god! Didn't realize till I
1: got there. I was like, ah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is not it's Man, it was so effective honestly yeah no, yeah
1: it's a good idea that,
2: like i went over speed bumps we did like three laps of london at night and like none of them fell off
1: yeah that very
0: that's cool. so funny
2: Got like three oh. angles outside inside like it was mad that's,
0: that's amazing well i appreciate the both of you doing this today this has been so fun um and i have one more quick question i want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists
1: write all the time like every day do it as much as you can write about anything even like a door (laughs) and like i'd say perform as much as possible and get on tiktok and go on there and show people your talent
2: i love
0: it
1: love it thank you
0: what about you sam you got anything
2: um i would say don't over edit and keep recording because i think when i was younger i would like to stop recording all the time and edit as much as possible um but i think ron gilmore taught me he's a producer that we worked with with bars he taught me just keep that recording and don't touch it